0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks
1: for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home, the stay-at-home actually. Mm-hmm. Kath, how are you today? Looking good. Very nice.
2: Well, thank you. It's uh, less than 24 hours till haircut.
1: Counting down. Well, listen, your, your hair looks fabulous thank today. Thank you. It I, really appreciate does. So I appreciate So You've made that. it work. Mm-hmm.
2: You really have. I have made it work. I should take one photograph before I get my haircut of what it really looks like with zero attention to it, because it is shocking.
1: (laughs) Is that like first thing in the morning?
2: It's first thing in the morning. It's the middle of the night. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really, really really terrible. But my friend Amy English, who's been a guest on this program Mm -hmm. tomorrow at 9 a.m., is going to make sense of this.
1: 9 a.m. The uh-huh. world changes. Fabulous. Yeah, All right. I'm sure
2: that you'd like to cover that. Like yeah, now, you person. said
1: yesterday you might go uh, super short, tune a little mm-hmm. pixie?
2: I'm a, no, not a pixie. Not oh. a pixie. But I'm just thinking I might be considerably shorter next time. I mean, I won't be considerably shorter. My hair yeah. might be considerably yeah. shorter.
1: Really? All right. Okay. Look you know what to... I
2: found out yesterday? This was really upsetting. Hmm. I'm the shortest person in my family now.
1: The shortest person in your family? Really? Now uh, You're... Your sister Holly is not uh, no, necessarily in mean my a giant immediate family. Oh yeah, well that's no surprise.
2: Look, it's no surprise. I was taller than my daughter for a very long time.
1: Look at your kids. I Listen, mean, you know, that's just a both really those upsetting. I don't
2: know. And, and they're athletes. Know. Anyway, looking back, it's yep. just it's just difficult, is what I'm saying. And you had occasion to look back yourself today.
1: Yeah, um things come upon you during the pandemic, things, you know. Things
2: do come upon you.
1: They are, are often uh, lost uh then they are found and you find out they're probably better lost once again. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, um I was a paperboy and once a year at Christmas time all your customers would give you tips. And then so I you, know, you would use those tips to buy like a special thing, save some and buy something special. Sure. So one year in the uh, really technologically early age, maybe this is like 19, I mean, like late 60s, I bought myself my very first, what I considered, high-tech cassette player recorder. It was about this big, uh-huh. and I bought it at Lafayette Electronics, which was okay. sort of like Radio Shack, but in my opinion, even better. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I bought this thing. It probably cost me, it cost me a pretty p- penny for the day, and I started recording. Singing, talking, playing, interviewing, doing this, listening to music. I remember the first cassette I had was the Fifth Dimensions, up, up and away. That's that's singular.
2: That's one dimension. Oh, the the Fifth fifth Dimension. dimension. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: not the dimensions. The dimensions. Anyway, so uh, I have a. a I had a ton of cassettes. I have one cassette that every time there was a birthday, I recorded our family singing "Happy Birthday." (laughs) That's awesome. And then, and then going. This was Jeff's birthday, February eighth. <laughs> like, a, and every, it's the same like thing. You, it's like the you same. Were
2: the M- you were the MC, and it was right. all the same seven people. Nine everyone
1: people. singing off key. Everyone applauding. Every you yeah. know the blowing out the. And then it, it ends. And then when my grandmother died, I, I said, "This is the final birthday because now Grandma's dead." And apparently, <laughs> that was like it. Once grandma was dead, all the birthdays were gone forever. were
2: no no more recording.
1: Right. Anyway, so my son, who is very like-minded as far as old technology, rooting through the house the other day, he found a bag of some 50 or more cassettes. All right. He put them in his cassette player, of which he has several. Yes. And this cassette was apparently was recorded by me in New York City, Somewhere in the wayward oh, 80s, oh, so you're I not there. a
2: kid. You're not a kid anymore. No. You're an adult. You're I'm an, an act- adult. You're an actor trying to make it in New York. Right. And now, you, what what is on that cassette? Tell me right now. Uh, well, and can we play it, Mike, immediately no, on the ride home?
1: Can, you cannot play this now. Look, I was always I've always been a good employee, but for whatever reason, when I hit New York City in quick succession, I was fired from three jobs. Ooh. Like boom, for whatever reason, <gasps> I just I kind of lost my mind. Apparently on this, and I've yet to listen to it, although my son has, is me opining about my failures in life. At-
2: <laughs> wait, wait. So you're like, it's like a therapy session. It's like mm-hmm. you need to like find yourself and mm-hmm. you've recorded it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's epic.
1: Uh-huh. And Please, co- apparently, ha-
2: Mike, we have to find uh-huh. a way to hear this.
1: Apparently, there's a couple of theatrical monologues that I was rehearsing. Like well Shakespeare? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, so. My son said to me, hey, dad, I I found this. There's some things on here you should be aware of. And let me tell you, dad, the language, not so great.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He's doing Shakespeare monologues. He's trying to make sense of his own psychology. And he's cursing.
1: Uh, Right. And looking at my personal failings. I mean, on a cassette tape. So well, so the is.
2: Irish melancholy is well oh, represented. Oh,
1: I'm sure it was deep and thick in New York City. I know Oh, it
2: my gosh.
1: So this is like reserved for one of those like Saturday nights at 2 a.m., right. right? When you kind of all the wheels have fallen off and you think, I need to revisit.
2: It's a good thing you don't drink alcohol anymore you because, right, you know, yes. that's exactly what would happen. Oh, you know, you'd pull that is. out and you'd just be filled with self-loathing. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's an audio diary from the 1980s in New York City. Not a good thing.
2: Mike, what could we buy for John's son that would allow him enough freedom <laughs> to decide to share that with us? I don't even think we no, need to no. buy any and buy him anything. I think uh, no, no.
3: the fact that we could just play this on air would in uh, uh,
1: please do not his son
3: can watch his reaction is uh, is That's
1: priceless. Wouldn't
2: that be <laughs> something else?
1: Yeah, that bag. I'm, I'm going to find that bag, all those cassettes, and they're going to go someplace else. They'll be <laughs> find their way in the pandemic somewhere.
2: I right? can't wait to hear more about that, but not it, on today's it. show because we just don't have the space. we got too many other great things to talk about. Yes, we do. All right. In our five o'clock hour, a couple things, uh, Aunt Jemima's name and image is going to be dropped by Quaker Oats, right? We're moving into a new era. We need to be aware of more things, so we'll talk about that at 5 o'clock. Also, uh, Mayor Peduto announcing formation of a community Mm. task force on police reform. Mm -hmm. That's good news. Also, we got a couple celebrity birthdays. And coming up in this hour, the happiness quotient in America, John, at an all-time low.
1: Yeah, that's sad news.
2: Yeah, that's really sad news.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, but then coming up in just a few minutes. uh, All
2: All lives matter.
1: Yeah, well, no, no, not necessarily so here. It, it, that should not be the response, excuse mm-hmm. me, when someone says Black Lives Matter. It just shouldn't be. We'll talk okay, about so that we'll, in a few minutes. All right. Rod,
2: Roger Olson from Baylor, Texas, from Baylor University in Texas, coming up next.
1: Very nice. The Wednesday edition of the Riot Hub with Johnny Kathy here on Word FM.
3: 101.5 WORD.
4: Had your family ever faced hunger at a level where their life was at risk or had little or no access to clean drinking water? For children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Word FM and Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift provides food, water, COVID-19 assistance, and a Bible. You can get involved right now by calling 866-806-2977 or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com.
1: and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsOrUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company windows that's windowseropittsburgh.com
3: At the original mattress factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more.
5: Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com.
1: We've been talking a lot, uh, of course, uh, the last couple of weeks, along with most of the nation about Black Lives Matter, the the intent, not the organization. But when people, you know, you first heard Black Lives Matter, people would say, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, well, yeah, sure, but all lives matter. Roger Olson is back with us, and he's written a piece called The Problem with All Lives Matter. Roger Olson is the Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology of Ethics at George W. Truett Theological Seminary at Baylor University. He posts regularly and writes regularly at the blog at Patheos. Roger, welcome back. It's been a while. How are you, sir? Oh,
6: thank you. It has been a while. I was just thinking about you the other day and wondering <laughs> if I been uh, expelled or something. It's been so (laughs) long since I'd heard. No, no. So I'm glad to hear from you. Thank you for calling.
2: Yeah. We're always happy to talk to you, Roger. We
7: are. And I guess
2: the, I guess the question is, and I can't tell you how many listeners have asked us this, or, you know, since we started talking about um, race in America, so specifically after the death of George Floyd, people saying, so what's the big deal? Why me saying all lives matter? Why does that make people mad? Mm hmm.
6: Um, So I don't really want to say mad uh, on anyone's part. It's not really an issue of mad for me. It's just an issue of, I guess, of uh, empathy. I I would put it as empathy. Um, When you hear Black Lives Matter, uh, if you've really been paying attention to what's been happening in America for (laughs) hundreds of years, but especially recently, um, I think empathy should call forth a response of, yes, certainly. And then if you feel it's necessary to say all lives matter, go on and say, including black lives. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm saying. Right. Because sometimes I get the feeling that when people say all lives matter, um, they don't really recognize that some people don't think that includes black lives. So it, it, it doesn't reflect empathy to me
2: right and and Roger I guess I th- you know that's the crux of the problem is that a lot of white people in America uh, just don't see that blacks historically have felt as if they were not valuable what that they were yeah. not taken seriously that they were not equal
6: and that's still true today of course and uh, I have many black students and uh, when I can get them to be really, verbal in class and honest with their feelings because they do hold back they don't they don't want to make anyone angry or or stir the pot or upset the apple cart or whatever you know metaphor you want to use but when i can get them to speak about their own experiences they all say the same thing that they mm-hmm. feel left out that they do mm-hmm. not feel really included and and they feel f- fearful uh, of course about driving at night for example and being pulled over by police they don't know what's going to happen to them whereas i as a white person never feel that way right Mm -hmm. if i get pulled over by police i feel confident that i'm okay
1: and roger i think probably the big thing and you talk about this in the problem with all lives matter is that there are two distinct uh, connections to history in this country white history and black history and mm-hmm. certainly if you're a black person in america your history of of, of your people right your people and how they've uh, lived their lives is totally different than mine or yours here in pittsburgh or in texas it's just to- totally yeah. distinct i mean i think a lot of people don't even think about lynchings or any mm-hmm. of race problems at all that's been in existence for a long time
6: yeah yeah that's true and uh again that brings us back to empathy i think it's up to us as privileged people uh and and there is such a thing as white privilege i believe Uh, just the fact that i can drive anywhere at night and not worry about you know being pulled over by a policeman what might happen to me that's white privilege um we need to learn about what has happened with black people lynchings for example i think most people don't really you know, they think it, it was isolated here and there, you know, a few times, but no, it really was very common. And uh, the, people think it only happened in the deep South. No, no, in Minnesota, and there was a horrible example of, of three teenage boys, black boys, being lynched in Duluth, Minnesota, back in the 1920s. And so it hap- You know, it is their history. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, June 16th, of course, today is. Uh, The commemoration of, you know, the end of slavery. And uh, this is something we all ought to be celebrating and pushing forward. Uh, The end of persecution, the end of of, uh, the deprivilegizing of black people in America.
2: We're talking to Dr. Roger Olson, Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology and Ethics at the George W. Truett Theological Seminary of Baylor University. Um, Roger, in your article, you listed several instances um, of historicity. Uh, these are stories that happened in our country to American citizens, and I wonder how many people have heard of them. Um, you yeah. listed uh, the Tulsa, Oklahoma Race Massacre of 1921. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. Waco Horror, 1916 lynching of Jesse Washington, uh, the lynching mm-hmm. of the three boys you mentioned in Duluth, Minnesota, 1920, yeah. um, the brutal murders of 28 black boys and young men and one girl in Atlanta in the 1980s. I mean, these stories mm-hmm. go, you brought up Wounded Knee, I think, at some point in the article. Um, yeah. These are not – and I sound like – I've talked a lot about education in the last couple weeks, Roger, only because I can speak about me being publicly educated from the time I was in kindergarten to the time I finished college. And these were not things that I learned in school. Now, I, I'm oh. not trying to point the finger at somebody else. I'm an adult. I could have taught them to myself, too. And mm-hmm. so my education came way late, and I'm responsible for that. But I, I think that as responsible people who now have our own children, we need to say, wait, these, this, is, this is American history. It needs to be taught to everybody.
6: Yeah, I think there's some shame involved in the reason why this doesn't get talked about and talked very much, because uh, it is shameful. It's something that um, a lot of people think learning about it, talking about it, detracts some from um, patriotism, uh, from national Mm -hmm. pride and so forth. But, you know, we're all just humans and we're all sinners besides being just humans. And so we need to be honest with ourselves and what we have done. Now, that doesn't mean that black people are all innocent. No one is saying that black people are innocent just because they're black. But we are saying that they have been um, disenfranchised, marginalized, um, persecuted often, not every single one of them, but but many of them throughout our history. And we simply need to embrace that history and do our best to reverse it. And that's really all I'm saying. And and to me, Responding to Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter is sort of insensitive, I think. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And the problem is, though, Roger, right, that those beliefs that people have, and it doesn't matter what color you are, are deeply embedded in our how we were raised, what our parents taught us, our worldview as adults. So yeah. to hear people say, well, you know, um, th- that idea, I remember the first time you heard the phrase white privilege. I think a lot of people kind of went, What? What are you talking about white privilege? And maybe there was pushback, you know, from ourselves about white privilege. And what it took was conversations, some reading, some understanding of your own particular worldview and how you were raised in this country. And again, it's not some, you know, massive um, fault uh, of ours that we have white privilege. This is a system we're born into. Uh, yeah. The only problem is, is that uh, we need to have some awareness of this and with that awareness in some ways. I don't know how this even works out, but starting with us individually, corrective measures and right. how we see ourselves and our response to black America.
6: Uh, exactly. I couldn't agree more. What really opened my eyes was really kind of early. I grew up in South Dakota where there were then almost no black people, but there were Native Americans, American Indians or indigenous people, and about half of the state is reservations. And I I grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and when uh, Native Americans would come into town from the reservations, they would just be scooped up by the police and taken back to the reservation. And uh, very often they were looked at and treated as subhuman. And I began to notice that in high school. Um, I took a course on South Dakota history and learned about wounded knee, which many people don't know anything about. But it was a horrible massacre of women and children for no reason at all on an Indian reservation in South Dakota. And I, that really opened my eyes to uh, white privilege and to uh, just the fact that we have done some terrible things in our history that we need to um, own up to. And do our best to reverse.
1: Right. And I don't think it's, you know, it's not even a matter of um, a choice anymore. I mean, I, I think this has been thrust upon yeah. us as a country. So you, we just can't you know, shrug our shoulders and think, well, I'm not going to bother to address that. Or those people are crazy. Well, it's, or-
2: it's like, John, isn't it like being like at Thanksgiving dinner and you've had all these things simmering in your family forever? And somehow like between <laughs> cleaning up the dishes with the turkey gravy and putting out the pumpkin pie, a fight breaks out and it's all of a sudden all there. Right. And you have mm-hmm. to figure that's your moment.
1: Right. And you we think, where did that come from? Room. Well, we that to... came from all those years of resentment. Right.
6: Yes. And it's boiling over now because of uh, not something new, but something that's more visible. And that is, you know, the the recorded, video recorded examples of people like 12-year-old Tamir Rice being shot by police right. when he was just playing with a toy gun. Yes, it was a pellet gun, but it couldn't kill anybody. And I saw it on TV, and I'll never forget that one.
1: But again, Roger, now, as you talk about these things like this, as you delineate, people will say, well, wait a second. What about, you know, incidences of uh, brutality towards white Americans, right? Uh, yeah. people or, what about riding... black,
2: um, or what about black and black crimes?
1: Right. You've heard that right. before, right? All these different yeah. objections. I think somebody was that who was talked about that last week, Kath? Someone said about the butt. Well, yeah, of course, black lives oh, matter. Yeah. Anything, but... yeah,
2: I think it was David French. He said, "What he said. Whatever you say after the but is the only mm-hmm. thing someone's going to remember."
6: Uh-huh. Right. right, right. Yeah. What What is so shocking about the things that have led to the protests is that it's people with um, power uh, who who often suffer no consequences for doing what they've done, and that's what bothers me the most. I guess is that so often as in the Tamir Rice case uh, in Ohio, the policeman who shot him uh, wasn't convicted of anything, as I recall, anyway. uh, The jury found him not guilty, whereas I saw it with my own eyes, you know, that he jumped out of his car and shot Tamir Rice. And, uh, you know, if if that had been a white boy, I think there would have been just an outrage throughout the country. And so now there is an outrage because it was a black boy and he didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. The same with George Floyd and so many others that we could, could name, but often there's no real consequences. Um, you know, people have said, right. Oh, well, you know, there must've been something that justified that. No, there wasn't.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the only, a friend of mine said this to me years ago, the only response to the only appropriate response to black lives matter is the word. Yes. Uh, yes, Roger, it's exactly. been a pleasure to speak to you. It's been a long time, and we want you to know that yeah. we're not mad. We haven't oh, rejected oh you in God. any way, our friend.
6: <laughs> no, Roger. I no. do take some risks on my blog, so sometimes I wonder, you know, oh, uh, yeah. what the consequences are. So thank you <laughs> for for affirming yes. that.
1: <laughs> no, you have a seat at the table, Roger. You are welcome here, thank always. You. Yes. Well, thank you. It's good talking to you again. Mm-hmm. And you as well. Roger right. Olson, um, really just been a regular on our show over the many years. Oh, my gosh, a lot.
2: We've known Roger a long time.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. We've disagreed about
2: a, a lot of things, haven't we? Yeah.
1: Yes. Thank you. Uh, the, the only I'm thing still, that hasn't come still, up today I'm, is the Armenians.
2: Listen, I'm still a Calvinist, and he can't stand it.
1: All <laughs> well, I do just keep praying for you. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be back You're in a few Calvinist minutes. Because God predestined
6: you to be, so, hey. <laughs>
2: No. Oh, he had to get that last nudge in, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. yes. (laughs) We're going to step away here for just a minute. Uh, When we come back, uh, when's the last time you looked at a soap opera? When did you watch? Oh my gosh! A a soap opera? Well, uh, if you're a soap opera fan, "The Bold and the Beautiful" is back in production again with some weird. It's totally
8: normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not.
9: You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Learn more at linzess.com or call one 800 N Z E S S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com.
10: Sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood. Moms sure do wear a lot of hats. And these days, she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker-inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, saferer, and healthierer. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected at TrinityJewelers.com. If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. Excel Home Care will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. Yes, you heard right. You can actually get paid to provide care for those you love. To learn more, contact Excel Home Care today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. Excel Home Care, 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950 XL Home Care a help at home company I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, She's more than a great dentist she's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm.
9: didn't
11: make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth.
10: We just love to talk
9: about the Lord and what's going on in our families I
11: am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright beautiful smile which I really wanted to half have for a long time.
10: She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how.
3: 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word pittsburgh and on your phone via the word fm mobile app iheart tune in and at
12: radio.com partial clouds for tonight low for the rest of your wednesday 60 humid thursday with clouds and some sun watch for a shower or thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon High tomorrow, 81. Tomorrow night, an evening shower or thunderstorm, otherwise clouds, low 61. And for Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm, high 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb.
1: In my ill-fated career as an actor, I appeared several times on the soap opera, The Young and the Restless, Mm. which... uh, was shot in Manhattan for a period of time,
2: which again I would love to get my hands uh-huh. on a yeah. uh, recording of.
1: Right, and of course I was as generic as generic can be. Um, I, I played most of the time a bartender, which you know okay. involved two, two or three lines. They would call they were called under five, which was a pay category. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really <laughs> a seminal character in the event. However, <laughs> for the first time in a long time, soap operas are back in production. The Bold and the Beautiful has been um, like most things. Is uh, that
2: still on TV?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, um, I looked at it today. I looked on the TV listings. I think it's on, like, I'm not sure, 1 one o'clock or something like that, One thirty, okay. I think, uh, here on CBS locally. So now they are going to start to produce, which is the first uh, production to return to regular work in Los Angeles starting this week, the first American soap opera to resume production. So in the... Um, in the COVID era, uh-huh. producers of the show, because a lot of soap operas, I mean, they've gone a long way. I mean, they're super, super racy. Have you seen them? I mean, no, really?
2: listen, I haven't seen a soap opera since I was probably 16 years old.
1: Well, it's really, um, I mean, it's something you wouldn't want to watch with your mom. I'll tell you that. Is okay? that right? Yeah. Yeah. Are they still so- on
2: during the day?
1: Yeah, just but only several, not not nearly like you know when we were growing up there. The afternoons yeah. were clogged with soap operas. That's not the case anymore. I don't know how many are in production. I bet you less than four is what okay, I would say.
2: Okay, which is a good thing for all of humanity. But yes, please go on.
1: So the producers of the show said, as COVID was coming, they were cutting all the kisses on the show, and uh, they had to find a way to to work around this. It's because the bold and the beautiful, apparently, which I don't know, is pretty racy. So they're trying to find a way to keep the romance alive while keeping the (laughs) actors (laughs) apart.
2: Okay, preserving
1: those passionate on-screen kisses involve a bit of creative camera work. So what they do is uh, the actors are not nose to nose. They'll be shooting scenes all by themselves. So when you go in for a kiss, it'll show like the actor moving in, and then they show (laughs) the other actor moving in. And then here's the weird thing: in instances of more intimacy the spouses of the actors will be used as stand-ins.
2: Wait, 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 The actual spouses of the actual people?
1: Yes, uh-huh, yes. As long as those spouses have tested negative for the coronavirus. So you'll see someone lounging on a couch somewhere. You'll see the oh, actor awesome. that we know and the anonymous person that they're with. The other will be like the spouse or the, you know, the husband or the wife or whomever of that actor. We're just trying to make it work. They're also okay, so using apparently blow-up dolls. That's a whole other story. <laughs> oh my I gosh, Don't even no want to go comment.
2: There. I'm not yeah. making a comment. I'm, I'm not. But let me just ask if there's a salary included for the spouse.
1: Oh, I'm sure there is a salary included for the spouse because it's a union gig. So you walk on the set, you've got to be part of the union, right? So right. there's increased cost for there. You
2: know. Okay, now wait. I'm wondering if there's an if there's an you know the trickle down theory. I'm wondering if there's some kind of application for the ride home, such that. When whenever we return to the studio, yeah. I mean you and I, you know, sit usually less than six feet apart. We sure so do. So are we going to have like I'll record my part of the show, you record your part of the show, and then Eric and Rhonda will have to run in at appropriate times to like do the stand in. Like can, can we do right. that?
1: And Rhonda, my wife's and, hair is short. Your hair is long. Put right, a wig on put a wig on Rhonda.
2: Right, and my husband's okay. bald, and you have hair, so that's not going to work. Mike, well, can much. we work? Can we work, uh, Mrs. New Mike, into this somehow, please? <laughs> Absolutely. Just, just, just for safety purposes, do what we can't can hear. And, we yeah. do. Okay. What we
3: can't hear on the ride home.
2: Huh? Great. Right. Okay, so the salary is going to have to go up by three hundred percent.
3: Could
1: be sure. Yeah, because mm-hmm, we are have to you know, include the,
2: spouses in it. Or the, even
1: last that would year be easy the bold blow up dolls. <laughs> oh, please don't even go there. Please do not. Last year, the bold and the beautiful earned thirty six million dollars for the stop network.
2: Stop it.
1: Thirty six million bucks in in ad revenue. So there's cash there. They can afford to pay these people. Right. Very strange. Very strange.
2: Three of us in the wrong business, right?
1: You know, I tried. I really did try. Did
2: you try? (laughs) (laughs) Mike and I didn't even try. All right. Coming up next, the happiness quotient in America is at an all time low. What does it mean? What can we do about it? How do we look forward? We're going to talk to Dr. Ryan Burge. Next is the Wednesday edition of the ride home.
3: Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends.
4: With the best new music. New. New. new music. New music from Hannah Kerr, Ordinary.
6: I see you in the ordinary.
4: Lightning by the afters. Ooh. You can't lie, and I see my soul. And for King and Country with Together. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates.
3: 101.5 Word FM on the weekend.
13: As mothers and caregivers, we tend to put others before ourselves. Former Texas Governor Ann Richards once said: if you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. In planning for your retirement, it's important to pay yourself first. Women have unique needs as investors. They generally live longer than men and have less saved. Mark and the team at Accurate Solutions Group have developed a complimentary guide to help women achieve financial independence called 10 Tips to Help Empower Women Investors. This guide addresses the reasons every woman should have a financial plan of her own. For your copy of this guide from Accurate Solutions Group, call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't put others' retirement plans before your own. Take the first step toward your financial independence today. Call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555.
4: Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
11: I know you guys are thirsty. I wasn't yelling at y'all. Don't be looking at me like that. The
4: recent killings
10: of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Amada Arbery have left us all reeling.
11: Really. Just trying to spread a
12: message, okay?
10: And the violent riots that followed threaten a nation trying to recover.
12: I know you guys out here doing your job.
10: But in Pittsburgh,
12: I'm not in
10: one edge. protester decided on a better
8: way. Hey, that's the ones that Let's do it to You want Came out here peaceful, and this is what I'm trying to show you all. I know y'all thirsty.
10: That's the sound of Alexander Cash giving a case of bottled water to officers at a peaceful protest in East Liberty. I think we got
7: Y'all gotta
5: get it right now?
10: Proof that the softer you act, the louder you speak. Blessed are the peacemakers.
0: Good job, guys. And positive!
10: Way to go, Alexander. Stay positive, stay strong, and carry on. And know that at word FM. We're listening.
7: I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me.
10: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. For uh, New Year's
1: Eve 2019. People are going, oh, thank goodness this year is over. I mean, it can't get any worse than this. (laughs) Really? Okay, so here we are. Uh, We are mired in uh, the uh, pandemic. We have economic craters. um, People are just protesting. I mean, it's just layer after layer after layer of discontent and anger. So who's happy in all this mix? Dr. Ryan Burge is with us. He's professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University, where he teaches American institutions, public administration and international relations. His research focuses largely on the intersection between religiosity and political behavior, especially from an American context. And Ryan, welcome back to the show. You've been doing stats, looking at stats about the happiness of America. We do not look like a happy crowd, do we?
5: No, no. So the General Social Survey has been asking this question of Americans every two years since 1972. How happy are you? Very happy, pretty happy, or not too happy? And the very happy number has never gone below 28.6% in the last 46 years. It was 31% in 2018, and they just released the 2020 data, and now it is 14%. So that rate of very happy Americans has dropped in half in the last two years, or at any point in the last 46 years, we're half as happy now as we were uh, in 2020 versus maybe 1982, for instance. Wow. Wow.
2: Well, do we have any data on what has contributed to that? I mean, we can all guess, but is there, <laughs> is there any actual like, scientific stuff we can point to?
5: Well, it's very early, right? So a lot of the data that we have, um, like this GSS data comes out every two years and they're doing it right now. So they're releasing it sort of drips and drabs on their side. They're not giving it to us yet. So we really can't see in terms of if it's a health problem, if it's a financial problem, but we've got to think it's all those things, right? I mean, COVID really attacked everything about our lives financially, economically, socially, spiritually. All those things are, you know, have been. completely upended over the last three months and things we've never seen before in American societies happen. And we don't know how to cope with change very well, especially when it's socially isolating change like we have right now.
1: Right. So, Ryan, uh, in in something like that, a survey like that, I'm sure there's, you know, uh, gradations, right? Very happy, happy, somewhat happy, uh, in despair. And it goes on and on and on. I wonder, you know, what the, I mean, because very happy, of course, is it probably the, you know, the very top of happiness, right? I mean, I don't think there's like a category for a static or over the moon. (laughs) So, you know, very happy is what you got. So they actually
5: asked the question, "How
1: socially isolated do you feel in the last couple of
5: weeks?" Um, in 2018, about 23% of Americans said they felt um, somewhat isolated, and now it's 50%. Um, I think wow. we can all say, "Yeah." I mean, that's a dramatic decline, and we know that you know human beings are a social species. That's that's part of who sure. we are. For instance, the American Psychological Association came out and said that solitary confinement in prisons is actually a form of torture. And it needs to end uh, because our brains are just wired for connection. And when we isolate ourselves for such a long period of time, it's going to it's going to hurt our mental health somehow. It's going to hurt our happiness somehow. You know, add the fact that a lot of people are in financial distress. It really is just a recipe for disaster for our own yes. mental health right now.
1: So in that again, back to that survey, do they talk yes. about faith at all? I mean, do they break people's faith life down at all?
5: Yeah, so I have other data about how people believe in God and how that's changed over time. Mm -hmm. Um, The question is, you know, what do you believe about God? Are you certain that God exists? Do you believe but have some doubts? And it goes all the way down to, you know, I don't believe in God at all, which is sort of like our atheist response. Um, And we know that belief in God has dropped 15% amongst both men and women over the last 46 years or so. Um, We don't have the data for 2020 yet, but a lot of people have speculated whether, you know, it's going to drop again, you know, precipitously from 2018 to 2020 just in belief in God, although there are some numbers I've seen that that really heart me. For instance, the American Baptist Church has released a survey, 84% of churches that went online said that their number of members has either stayed steady or gone up since COVID happened. So there might be some evidence that people are actually going back to church and going back to faith, kind of looking for answers and all this stuff, and maybe the church is the solution to that, right? Fabulous.
2: Dr. Ryan Burge is with us, professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University. Um, Ryan, let's talk about the connection. I think we've done this in the past several times, the connection that people have drawn between faith and politics. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's a recipe for absolute disaster, not just in a cultural sense, but it's a recipe for unbelievable unhappiness in life, because that's never the way that Jesus intended. He's not going to serve another master. Um, So what's your perspective? What do you know on that?
5: Well, so just I mean, just recently, Supreme Court case just yesterday, the day before, where the court ruled that you know you can't be fired for being transgender. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of what Republicans in this country have run on, especially when it comes to catering to evangelical Christians, to say we will appoint conservative judges who will protect conservative rights, will give you you know protect your religious freedom. And the court ruled six to three that you know you can't fire someone for being gay or transgender, which in twenty four states was illegal until earlier this week, right? So we can't hope that how we vote is going to make people more Christian or expand the kingdom of God. You know, I have a serious problem when people say that one political party represents all Christian values. I just think that's incredibly narrow and short-sighted. And really, it means that politics has become your God, and politics has become your theology. And that's a really scary place to live. And you know what? I preached last Sunday, and I said the, the, the phrase, Black Lives Matter from the pulpit. And part of me inside just kind of seized up a little bit. Like, I shouldn't say things like this. It's, it's, it's not in my nature to do this. I don't want to be controversial. But the problem is pastors like me have been, have been, frankly, have been cowards for too long and been afraid to talk about politics in a generic, general, theological way and show people that the Bible is how we should interpret politics. We shouldn't interpret politics in a lot of the Bible.
1: Right. So, Ryan, so when you said that and those words come out of your mouth, you seized up for a little bit because you were afraid of the attack mob or some blowback that you were going to get from your parishioners? Yeah. I mean,
5: being a pastor is a very odd job. I mean, luckily, it's only my part-time job. I have a full-time job as a professor, so I don't rely my entire income on being a pastor. But, you know, pastors can be fired at any time for any reason without any legal recourse. The courts have never—they've been so reluctant to step in because it becomes a theological discussion, and and, and judges don't want to be part of theological discussions. They're not pastors or theologians. So if a church fires someone for a pastor for saying something, that pastor has to pack up all his stuff— potentially move across the country, uproot his family, his kids in school, his wife's job, and go somewhere where he's never been before and maybe a worse situation for worse pay. So it's it's in the pastor's best interest to not be controversial because they don't want to upend their entire lives, even though that might not be doing what you know what Jesus told them to do or the word that God's given them. They'll sort of, you know, water that down so they don't you know infuriate anyone or, or maybe lose their job.
1: Right. So then the fear is by saying Black Lives Matter, right, all of a sudden by you standing up for someone and speaking an absolute truth, then you think there might be blowback and all of a sudden you'd be out on the street.
5: Yeah. And that's the problem is even the term Black Lives Matter has become political. I mean, that seems like the most, if you, oh, yeah. if you would like bring an alien to Earth, you know, and say, hey, Black Lives Matter, they'd be like, yeah, of course Black Lives Matter. But when you say that on social media or say it from the pulpit, it becomes a thing where you favor Democrats, and you favor Antifa, and you favor, you know, rioting and all these kind of things. I mean, we have to understand, you can hold two ideas in your head at one time, that Black people have a reason to be aggrieved in this country, but you know, burning down neighborhoods and, and, and you know, murdering cops who are trying to protect things is probably not the best way to get things done, right? Yes. We can hold those two ideas together the problem i have is that a lot of people on the right try to say that all the people who are protesting are rioters and are violent listen the pro-life movement in the 80s was blowing up abortion clinics and killing abortion doctors in churches george Tiller got killed in his church in wichita kansas we do not you know paint the entire anti-abortion movement with that broad brush so we shouldn't We're do still- it with this, with this organization either
2: well, I think you've brought up point. a good point, Ryan, that I appreciate, which is the fact that we need to be able to hold two things together, and that nuance um, and, matters. Yeah, and we're not good at nuance right now in America. We really are drawing lines between, um, you know, right and left, red and blue, black and white, you know, whatever it is. And you know, I think it's important to remember that that you know I've been pro life since I was a sophomore in college. And I have worked alongside a ton of people who were pro-life that I disagreed on a ton of other issues with, but we had that commonality. And so that was enough. For us to mm-hmm. be together and work together for that purpose, um, we need to look at race relations the same way. We don't have to agree with the Black Lives Matter organization just to say yeah. that we believe that Black Lives Matter, and we can unite on things that we agree on. We can march together uh, for purposes of unity, for the purposes of defending the rights of people without having to agree on every little either political viewpoint or theological viewpoint of the person who's next to us. What do you right, say,
1: right, but, but that's the- the problem then, because if you say Black Lives Matter, then all of a sudden do you have to put an asterisk next to Black Lives Matter and saying uh, the cause, not the organization. Well,
2: okay. So someone asks, well, no, I'm not going to put an asterisk on a sign because you know that just looks stupid. <laughs> but but if someone asks you, I think you have you can say whatever you want. You can you know give your viewpoint, but it shouldn't keep you away from people who you agree with on this issue. You should be able to march with them and be united on this one thing. Ryan. I think that's beautiful,
5: right? Like, we've, you know, like, we've made it like changing your mind is a negative thing. I remember in the 2004 presidential race, you know, uh, John Kerry was called flip flop. And I remember the Republican convention, they brought flip flops to the convention and we were chanting flip flop, right, right, flip flop right. over and over. You remember that? Like, yes. how is that a negative thing in American society to change your mind on things? Like, that should be applauded. Like, we should stand up and go, you are a thinking, rational human being. Like, we're so proud of you for getting new information, actually bringing that in, internalizing that, and changing your opinion based on that information. That's what if this – I hope that this whole Black Lives Matter movement does anything, and in the, in the killings of Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd have taught us anything is there's systemic racism in this country. It exists, and you ignoring it doesn't make it go away. We need to have a real long look at ourselves and a national conversation about what it means to be non-white in this country, because it means you're being treated treated differently by the police and the the governmental institutions. And that's I wonder,
1: Ryan, if that's even even a possibility, because if you open the door to a conversation, which, of course, we all agree is very necessary, who is leading the conversation, right? Who is welcome to the table to inform and to comment on what this whole situation is all about?
5: Yeah, I found so much. um, um, uh, I've been uplifted a lot by Mitt Romney recently. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. a guy who, you know, like he's a Republican and he stands for a lot of small government, you know, conservative principles. But he also marched with protesters and said clearly to a reporter, I believe that black lives matter. And I thought holy cow this guy's gonna catch so much grief from his own party by saying these things I love when people are willing to cross the aisle and are not just blue on everything or red on everything if you are if if, if you can't disagree with your party about one thing then you're brainwashed okay you're yeah. in a cult not a party. That our parties are so all over the board on all these issues, we have to understand it, it's not a, a, a good thing to be 100% Republican or a 100% Democrat. I think that's a negative thing. I think we should be able to criticize our own party as much as we criticize the other party about what they believe. And we should be able to vote for both parties and not be seen as weak or flip-flop or we can't make up our minds. Yeah.
2: All right. That's Dr. Ryan Bird. You heard him, Thank professor you, of political science at Eastern Illinois University, where he teaches American institutions, public administration and international relations. He does research as well, and we're always happy to have him on the program. So, Ryan, thanks for being with us today.
5: Thanks, John and Kathy. I always love being on the program.
1: Mm-hmm. A great pleasure. Take All a right. break. Come back uh, this. Celebrity Wednesday. birthdays. Uh oh! Celebrity birthdays. We haven't done this for a long time. No. Right? People, uh, it's famous a good people one. having birthdays. It is a, a good, good one. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look forward to it. Stick around for that.
8: friends. It's me, Marcia from the Spring House. We are hoping you are all healthy and safe. Our family wanted to let you know that because our cows are requiring twice a day milking, the Spring House is still open for you to stop by for your farm fresh from our herd milk and hot out of the oven breads and buns and meats and cheeses and cookies and anything that will make life happy and comfy and easier during these uncertain times. Our buffet is still full of family recipe lunches and suppers every day to take home to eat at your own family table and our catering team even created a special take and bake meal which you can check out online we even ordered in extra toilet paper in case any of you are in a pinch we've been so blessed this last week by customers thanking us for staying open and best of all telling us that they're praying for us we just wanted to let you know that we are praying for all of you too here's a big hug from all of us at the Springhouse to you, we love you.
1: We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsorouspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRS Pittsburgh That's WindowsRSPittsburg.com.
2: Every bride is unique, and at URB Bridal Informal in Bethel Park, every dress is customized to celebrate her unique body shape from size 00 to 36. High-fashion, private-label designs made to order, as flattering to your budget as they are to your neckline. Enjoy a personalized, no-pressure luxury shopping experience complete with complimentary champagne and chocolate, and see the entire selection. Find a dress that celebrates you because you are beautiful at urbbridal.com it is time my friends for celebrity birthdays now i Very know nice. we've talked about a lot of weighty matters and i got people who are mad online saying i going not listen to the show again and get off know, my how- lawn
1: Get off my lawn.
2: So we want to bring it back down to the things that really matter. We're celebrating the birthdays of people we've never met.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, every day is a birthday, right? Every day there's a celebrity with a birthday. Okay. So three people have birthdays today that we know of, Kath.
2: Three people have birthdays. I would like to bring them up to you and Mm -hmm. ask you to identify how old they turn today because you are scarily good at this.
1: Okay. I got a good grasp, I think, of uh, the generation. Kendrick Lamar. Listen, I would not know Kendrick Lamar if I was mm-hmm. walking down the street and fell over the man. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I don't know if you know what he does. What does he yeah. do?
2: Okay. Well, he's, he's a rapper okay. uh, and a performer and a poet and several other things. Mike, you have any idea how old Kendrick Lamar is? Don't you look it up. Don't you look it up. You're supposed to guess. Kendrick Lamar. I, I'm i going to say, uh, I'm going to say 48. 48? Now you're wrong. Kendrick Lamar is 33 today. I'd like to move on to Blake Shelton. Do you know who Blake Shelton is, John? Yeah,
1: yeah, I know Blake Shelton. Yeah, I okay. like Blake. I like Blake Shelton. Do you? Do you? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. My, you know,
1: what what was the show that he was on? Uh, the Voice. Is it America's Got the Voice? That's how I know him. I don't okay. know. I don't know his music probably at all, but I, as oh, okay. a personality and as a guy behind the desk, I think, oh, that's an interesting guy.
2: Okay. And yeah. how old do you think Blake Shelton turns today, John? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's uh, a total shot in the dark. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen his face on TV a handful of times.
2: And you don't really uh, listen to his music. so you don't I don't really listen know. to his okay. music.
1: Um, uh-huh. I'm just going to say, uh, since he's fairly new to me on the scene, uh, 41.
2: Oh, it's close. He's 43. Hey, okay. All right. That's good. Okay. Mike, are you a Blake fan? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, All right.
1: Congratulations, I, Blake. Yeah.
2: yeah. Honey. Honeybee, it's a song I really love. 20- I got Yeah, I really like. It. Okay, but I'm not a huge Blake Shelton fan, and I'm really okay. sick of the voice. Why does? The, why is the voice still? The voice is still on, and the people who win never get a recording contract. That oh. we never hear of them again. So what's the? <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Paul McCartney.
1: Hey, Paul McCartney.
2: Are you familiar with him, John?
1: I, I am. Yes, <laughs> he is of. He is of have my you, generation. You
2: his, have you heard his music?
1: Uh uh-huh. Yes, I okay. have. Yeah, and uh, Paul's not dead. Remember, uh, you were no, a, not. not alive I don't, for I don't, that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. His shoes. Did were people really think he was dead? Oh yeah, people thought he was dead. Sure, yeah, okay. that Paul had died in a horrible car accident, and the powers that be had a body double. And there's all all this conspiracy theories around that, right? Mm-hmm. The whole Abbey Road, walking across the street, Paul's not wearing shoes, therefore he's dead. Yada yada, all these different things.
2: Okay, I'm sorry, I missed that. That sounds epic. Yeah. Um, how Paul was how on the
1: grassy knoll. Uh, how, how old how, is Paul how old McCartney? Do you
2: think Paul McCartney is today?
1: Well, he's no spring chicken by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he's not eighty; that would be a big. We would know that. Uh, I would say Paul McCartney. Uh, he's probably seventy-six trombones.
2: Wow, very close. He's seventy-seven trombones.
1: Seventy-seven. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, happy birthday. Happy he is birthday. a sir, is he not? He is a sir. Hmm.
2: Blake Shelton and Kendrick Lamar, are not I right. All
1: mm-hmm. right. Okay. What about? I wonder if Paul McCartney's got an ego. <laughs>
2: I think the answer
3: is yes. Yes. It is. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, in and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh.
0: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Big news today in Atlanta. The County District Attorney Paul Howard Jr. announcing 11 charges will be filed against Officer Garrett Rolfe, including one for felony murder for the shooting of Rayshard Brooks after a confrontation at a Wendy's drive-thru. He also announced that one of the officers involved will testify against Rolf. Senate Republicans on Capitol Hill today took the wraps off of their own Uh, proposals for police reform. Republican Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina leading the charge for the Republicans. He says the bill called the Justice Act sends a right message to African Americans. The Justice Act is considered the most ambitious GOP policing proposal in years. It's a direct response to the massive public demonstrations over the death of George Floyd and other black Americans. On Wall Street at the close, the Dow was down 170 points. This is SRN News.
1: There was once a popular TV show called Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Now, the plot revolved around this fictional crew of a very cool submarine. And each week, the crew was met with this wild adventure and danger. And it would all ensue while the captain would put things in motion by giving the order, batten down the hatches. And the crew would get the sub ready for the peril that lay ahead, batten down the hatches. I mean, it feels like batten down the hatches kind of time, doesn't it? Hey, get your financial house in order and finally refinance or cash out refinance. Either way, you're freeing up money for the uncertainty that lies ahead. Check out United Faith Mortgage online. Faith and family are at their core, and it's why they've chosen to be such a close partner with our station. These are strange times. So get things in order. Batten down the hatches with United Faith Mortgage United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number
14: 22672. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job Just go to bamboohr.com hr. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com hr. That's bamboohr.com hr.
12: Partial clouds for tonight, low for the rest of your Wednesday, 60. Humid Thursday with clouds and some sun. Watch for a shower or thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. High tomorrow, 81. Tomorrow night, an evening shower or thunderstorm. Otherwise, clouds, low 61. And for Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm. High, 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Rob.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
1: Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. The Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, Apparently, people are upset during the four o'clock hour, so we'll we'll wish for better during the five o'clock hour, right?
2: Not people. Person.
1: I mean, we're so thin-skinned, right? We need to have these... Look, there has to be nuance in our lives.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We it's have not to a able. straight
1: road. No, I mean, God isn't. bless you. If you if your life is a straight road and you are like certain of every position in your in your life,
2: congratulations. What is that? What we're not what are like you doing? That. We're not like that.
1: No, you have to
2: engage. You have to.
1: Oh my goodness gracious. Anyway, okay, so let's talk about this. This is going to. Uh, you heard this today? Quaker Oats, which owns uh, the uh, brand, the pancake brand Aunt Jemima, has said that uh, they are going to take Aunt Jemima off the packaging. They're going to change the name of the pancake mix. Who knows what that's going to be like. And that uh, they've recognized that they've been doing this for a long time and making money on this mammy image, mm-hmm. right? Um, and everybody's familiar with Aunt Jemima. It's been an iconic American brand. But they're, they're moving on from this, mm-hmm. which I think is about time. I think I mean, it's fine. I mean, you see uh, other brands. Um, what? Uh, what? What's the rice guy? Um, Uncle, Uncle Ben. Ben's. Uncle Ben, same kind of thing, right? Right. Um,
2: what about Mrs. Butterworth?
1: Mrs. Butterworth, you know, that's, I guess, the same thing. She's, a, is she's it? a Yes, oh. I think she was a she was a okay. mammy. You all can right. see that. I mean, you know, she had the little headscarf back there, and it is so it's log, a black caricature. So
2: log cabin's going to be the only one left.
1: Well, I, you know what? I never bought Aunt Jemima or log cabin or Mrs. Butterworth. First of all, what my are you mother, well mother would my mother would never buy that, Kath.
2: What is she so what are buying, you buying instead?
1: She's buying, you know, g- generic brand. Or she
2: you know what we used to have when we were growing Oh no, Mike, this is gonna be good. All right. No, no. Let's let's hear what my, what John had growing up on his pancakes. We
1: never had like that kind of syrup. You know we had K syrup.
2: Oh no.
1: That's what we had.
2: Oh, that's horrible.
1: Cairo syrup. I never had an of my I never. Oh. We bought the, my mother, you know, was saving every penny that she could. So that's what we ate.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, I enjoy syrup and I enjoy artificial syrup like that. I don't, you know.
1: Not pure re- maple syrup because that costs like $500. Real,
2: real, real maple syrup um, is just, I think my palate's been ruined and I just don't like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But what, I really? Do,
2: no, I do love myself some some artificial and jemima log cabin no 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 Mrs. butterworths any of those wait I'm, you I'm were just
1: in fan. maine last year didn't you buy some real maple syrup to bring home
2: i i told you i wish i liked it but i don't like it mm. i want to like it but i'm i'm not evolved enough and so i don't okay this
3: isn't syrup but uh uncle ben's
2: yeah, yeah. Uncle, ben's you guys like uncle ben's rice because that's going too. I, okay, yeah yeah probably so I'd, okay, so here's so. How do you feel about that? I think it's fine. Who cares? Like, who if, if cares? that bothers somebody, if that bothers somebody, then then let's get rid of it. It's not important. Like, I'm not going to stand up and say, "No, we should keep Mrs. Butterworth." Or what are, who are we talking about? <laughs> Aunt <Jemima>. Like, choose <laughs> your
1: hill to die on, <laughs> right? Cap.
2: i like, I just. I yep. mean, if that bothers, if that bothers people, and it seems like if that were me, it would probably bother me. So let's just ditch it.
1: Yep, in a press what, release.
2: They're going to come up with a new a new brand. I mean, they're not going to move away from selling the product, are they? No.
1: Well, the onion, of course, on the cutting edge. They have a new brand packaging where they had a black woman who is dressed in a business attire with a briefcase, and it was Sheila. Just Sheila. Are you kidding? No, that was just the onion, Kath. I mean, it's oh, the onion. onion.
2: Oh, I get yeah. it. Oh, I yeah. okay. I so they're me. saying I, you
1: know. There's an upperly mobile black woman and she's not an in Jemima. She's Sheila. I mean, wh-
2: look which, how gullible I am. I'm I mean, like ready to believe you. So, in Whatever. the press release, the okay. company
1: said that the packaging without the image of Aunt Jemima would begin to appear in the fourth quarter of the year, and after that, the company the uh, company would re-band, rebrand, rebrand. Mm-hmm. We're starting by removing the image and changing the name. We'll continue the conversation by gathering diverse perspectives from both our organization and the Black community to further evolve the brand okay. and make it one that everyone Great. can be proud of to have Great. in their pantry.
2: That's right. I'm happy to see it. Okay, so now enjoy your ask-
1: pancakes and waffles. Okay,
2: let me ask you a question: Which one is shaped? Like a female person.
1: Mrs. Butterworth.
2: How do you know are you sure?
1: Yeah. The bottle. The bottle shape. I'm I'm looking at it right
3: now. It's Mrs. Butterworth.
1: Yeah. It's the bottle. Okay.
2: We had we had a classic moment when my uh, oldest daughter was very young. She might have been three years old, and we were sitting eating pancakes, and she said, Mommy, our syrup is a woman. So ever since then, we've been partial to the woman shape because it was just yeah, so yeah. hilarious at the time. So apparently I haven't been buying Aunt Jemima anyway.
1: No, but if you're buying Mrs. Butterworth, you might want to run to the store and buy a few bottles no. if you're so I mean, invested in the brand.
2: can shape it like something different. I don't care. The, the, you know, or you
1: the could join Grace Hall and the Hall family and start eating K-Ro-Cero. Surf,
2: is really disgusting. Okay, so let me ask you this. So a yeah. Gallup poll, uh-huh. a Gallup poll um, says that U.S. national pride – has fallen to a record low. Well, I feel bad for people
1: who feel bad about that.
2: Okay, well, so let me ask you this. So if you were asked for the survey, if I contacted you via email or telephone, John, and I said, hi, I'm working for the U.S. National Pride Survey Company.
1: (laughs) Wait a um, second, I'd go, first of all, that's (laughs) bogus, and I'm gonna hang up in like two seconds. Bye-bye now.
2: Okay. But imagine that you were feeling generous. Okay. okay? And I asked you, imagine. And I asked you, would you say you are extremely or very proud to be an American? Extremely, very proud, average proud, or not proud?
1: I'm extremely proud. I'm very proud. I am very, very proud to be an American. Of course I am. Okay. Greatest country on the earth. It still is. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not buying that. I'm drinking that Kool Aid of like trying to downgrade America. Listen, anybody who doubts that, Travel the world a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's true. Go around
1: the world and see how the other half lives, because you'll come back to this country and go, okay, despite all of its foibles and all of its blemishes, it's a fabulous place to live and die. God bless America.
2: Yeah, yeah. But saying that it's the greatest country to live in in the world doesn't mean it's a perfect country to live in.
12: I think uh, that's that would be where we're heaven. getting,
2: right? Exactly. Hello. <laughs> good, uh, good point. Okay. But that's where we're falling into problems, right, John? We're, we're, people are hearing criticisms of America and think that that equals, I hate America.
1: Well, some people right? do hate America. Right, I'm they sure there are. Here.
2: But just, but some, A lot of the average do. person who comes up with something they don't like about America doesn't equal, I hate America.
1: No, right. Uh, no, I, I hope I mean, that's not true. Someone say we have
2: a racial problem in America. If I say there's a racial problem in America, does that mean I hate America?
1: No, of course not. Good, so the, course, the house that you grew up in, calf, did you not love the house that you grew up in and did you not love your parents, right? Now, yes. Were, were all things perfect in the house? No. Of course not. Right. Right? But were you not always happy to yes. be there and to go home right. to some degree, right?
2: Yes. Right. So, okay, that's what, that's what we're talking about, right? What are we complaining okay, about here? Okay, but U.S. national pride has fallen to a record low.
1: Well, I feel bad. So, that's okay. Fine. Then you're just, you know, off the charts. Go travel. Go see the world. Come back. Mm-hmm. You'll be a different person.
2: Yeah. I do think traveling probably would solve a lot of that attitude, except we can't go anywhere.
1: Maybe that's why we're so crabby.
2: We're all crabby because we're stuck at home. I think that's what it is. I mean, yeah. for heaven's sake. All right. Listen, we're gonna I have talk-
1: had a car for five weeks. I, I've been out of the house like three minutes it feels like
2: it's amazing you're still sane
1: i don't know what i'm doing yeah really stuck in this room help me out of here
2: Well, i am going to talk to somebody who's definitely gotten out of his room and he has traveled a lot uh joshua kinlaw is up with us next he lived in rome for a long time we're going to talk about protestants in rome how do people who are not roman catholic deal with the whole thing the whole vatican thing in rome
1: yeah enjoy your time while you're there because it's beautiful
3: Point five. W O R D. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend
4: with the best new music. Yeah. New. New. new music. New music from Courtney Ramirez. Who we are? That's truly who we are.
11: Your love feels like
4: home by Johnny Diaz. love feels like home. And Toby Mac. See the light. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates.
1: 101.5 WORD.
8: On the weekend.
1: For a lot of people, from time to time, you ask yourself this question. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? Certainly your family around you. A smaller circle of church friends or associates, all that. But its core to how we look at the world, how we engage in the world? Who do you trust? And especially when your child is about to go to college, who are you trusting to teach your child what it is to live in this world? When I've asked myself that question, who do you trust? I go back to Grove City College. My child's been at Grove City College. We love the environment, the education, the faculty, the staff. They know Christ, I trust them because I know that He knows them as well. Grove City College. Kath, what about you? Who do you trust?
2: Well, yeah, I've had an excellent experience with the professors at Grove City. My daughter goes there, but I have to go to the administration too, John. I mean, just yesterday we had a screw up on our bill, and it was one of those things where you can imagine that you would have to be on the phone for three hours or on 10 different websites. But my husband called Grove City talked to one woman and in 30 minutes it was worked out. I mean, just person to person. That's the connection I think we're all looking for.
1: Fabulous. Do yourself a favor. Look online. Who do you trust? GCC.edu. That's Grove City College. Moms
10: sure do wear a lot of hats. And these days she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, Hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker-inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer-er, and healthier-er. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected. At TrinityJewelers.com
7: I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional
10: dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
1: Well, they say uh, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, but uh, as Protestants... Is that true? I mean, if you're traveling to Rome, all of a sudden you're taking on the uh, the uh, the cape of Catholic Christianity? Uh, I don't know. Rome's certainly beautiful. Uh, I have not been there, traveled a lot, but boy, love to go there to Me soak too. it in. Me and too. our next guest, Dr. Joshua Kinlaw, has been there and uh, struggled in some way with the idea of what it is to be a Protestant protesting in Rome. Dr. Kinlaw is the Assistant Professor of History and Humanities at the King's College, wrote a really interesting piece at First Things. It's a, a journal that we love and follow. Often we read it, uh, called Protestants in Rome. Dr. Kinlaw, welcome to the show. How are you today?
15: Good. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Yeah, we're happy to have you. So, Joshua, you said that, in fact, you had long avoided Rome. Why?
15: Well, I think it's just so darn intimidating. Um, Yeah. I think part of it, too, is a level of comfort. Um, Any American visitor to, or or let's say many American visitors to to Italy will understand that it's a place like our own nation that's uh, significantly different as you travel from north to the south. Um, my first visits were to the north in Tuscany and Florence in particular. Um, Florence is very tourist friendly, um, obviously relies on, on tourism, um, and in a way it's just comfortable. It, it's obviously beautiful, and the, from an art historical standpoint, it can be um, overwhelming, maybe a little intimidating, but in general, uh, very comfortable, at least to me. And as I mentioned in the piece, I I remember um, after the first couple visits to Florence, seeing road signs to Roma and feeling some sense of gratitude that I didn't have to deal with that city quite yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've come to a significantly different um, place. Not only do I I love Rome uh, and being there, living there, however temporarily I've lived there, I've also come to love Naples uh, to the south, which is an underrated city, and the thing I love about the Neapolitans is they know their city is is, uh, underrated, and they're quite proud of that.
1: Interesting. Mm. So, uh, Josh, in your piece, Protestants in Rome, you start off by talking about uh, early visitors to Rome who were not Roman Catholic and uh, their perceptions and experiences. Talk to us about when Martin Luther arrived in Rome in 1510.
15: Right. Martin Luther found, for him it was, I, I, I don't think it's too much to say, it was a bit of a traumatic experience for him, hmm. um, yeah. theologically, personally, spiritually, as well as culturally. So one of the things that that's sort of behind my piece is that we bring ourselves, obviously, where, wherever we travel. So he's bringing Northern European, decidedly German, but then, of course, also these theological ideas that he's still working out and he sees in Rome basically the stereotypical or even cliched image of Babylon um, with corruption um, that's impossible to ignore. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes home more determined than ever that Rome is in error um, and that reform is needed. But really that um, process, never, that that phenomenon never really stops as we move later in history, as I mentioned in the piece um, uh, there's the, the Grand Tour of the late 1700s, mid to late 1700s. Rome was um, the key destination there as well, or at least one of the key destinations. Right. But hey, Josh, too, for a second.
1: Talk, talk for a second, though, before you go into it, about the Grand Tour, because um, that's something that's oh, really sir. key for a lot of people, or was.
15: So the Grand Tour is really the start, in some ways, of modern travel, uh, which is interesting, uh, but it's really a window of time um, that was ended uh, right about the turn of the century, eighteen hundred, the year 1800 or so, because of the French Revolution and international warfare on the European continent. That, that halted travel to, to an extent. But even after that, the idea is that to be uh, truly educated, and by and large they were aristocrats, uh, they were majority male, although women made the trip as well, But in order to be a a truly cultured, educated person of the world, uh, one had to spend time in Rome. But the interesting thing there is for those travelers, too, they're bringing their own culture and they're bringing in large part their Protestantism to the city. And there's this um, push-pull dynamic. There's many familiar things about the city that most of us have grown up reading about. But then there's also uh for for a lot of us foreign elements and even uncomfortable elements so you're forced to reckon with both of those and i think that goes back to the your first question uh why i avoided rome because <laughs> not all places challenge right uh but rome does challenge
7: yeah
2: okay so there are several things in ten- intention and I- i've never been to rome but i i'm passionate about uh you know every documentary i can watch about different cities in italy um, but Rome is, for any Christian, um, especially any Protestant Christian, you have to see that there are issues from the moment that you step there, the moment you even look into it. Um, talk about a lot of the dissonance that you experienced while you were there.
15: Well, I think that, um, you know, coming, coming from a Protestant background, I think that has, um, I've grown more comfortable in that regard as well. Because I think um, it's become clearer that what you see in Rome is a global Christianity. Um, and even as if a Protestant does not subscribe to a capital R Roman capital C Catholicism, there is a small c Catholicism that we hold to. Um, it puts Protestants, whatever their um, theological proclivities or maybe hesitancies, Uh, vis-a-vis Rome, it puts us in a position where we're more aware, we're forced to be uh, more aware and learn about our own church history. So that's been uh, something I've appreciated about the city as well. It's also, and going back to the distinction between Rome in particular and any other Italian city, because of the Roman Catholicism of the city, it's the most, by far, the most internationally diverse it's the most diverse city you see global christianity you see the faces of for example the, the global south in rome and which in, in in many times if you're outnumber those of us from the north or the west or from america or where have you
1: i see So, in your article, Protestants in Rome, Josh, you you talk about a lot of people who have either walked through the city or stayed for extended periods of time. Uh, I'm interested uh, in in a more modern perspective, so to speak. Um, Talk about whenever Mark Twain showed up in Rome and his experiences and impressions, because he did write extensively about it.
15: He did. And he was on to the truth that, you know, dates back to the Roman poet Horace, who wrote in the first century... Uh, Ad, and has uh, that we know um, the, the greeting card version of of it is where, wherever you go there you'll find yourself or there you'll be. The, Twain, uh, the title of Twain's work, Innocence Abroad, doesn't of course mean that we are guiltless when we travel. It means that we're relatively naive. We are uh, we can even be ignorant when we bring ourselves to these new places. So he was overawed by the place, but he was also very clearly, I'd recommend the the Rome sections of Innocence Abroad. I mean, it's a great read um, from any um, theological standpoint. It's just good fun. Of course, he's a great satirist, and he's scathing about some things in Rome. And I don't think it's all just uh, satire or comedy for twain as well although i'm sure Scho- twain scholars argue about this and i'm not qualified to talk but what i see is some earnest spiritual struggling as well he is disappointed mm-hmm. like luther with some of the spiritual practices that he, he sees he has uh, real trenchant theological uh, remarks to make so I, I i get in twain a mix of just satire having a laugh at the Italians' expense, but I also see some earnest um, spiritual um, searching on yeah. Twain's part.
2: Yeah, I love. Yeah, I love that. That's 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 interesting, and and I think w- perhaps what he's saying, what you're saying, what we're all kind of talking about, is our struggle as people of faith with the idea of religion. I, and and I, I think anyone who follows God, who has a personal relationship with Him, recognizes that there is a that there we we do have the traditions of the church. Um, and we know that, that Jesus loves the church and gave himself for the church and will redeem the church. At the same time, there is so much about religiosity that is stomach churning, not just for us. It was stomach churning for Jesus himself. So talk about that because that has to be part of the dissonance of being there, right?
15: Absolutely. Um, and I think, um, I don't think it made it into the piece, but just for my, my own personal history, is that I spent um, two years living in Mexico City before Mm. I ever went to Rome. And I think that experience as an American um, living there, I had some of the same observations. I was forced to reckon with different spiritual practices than my own. And I think that prepared me for my time in Rome. Um, So I, I I still feel... Some level of tension, but I I think, and what I appreciated, and and a major point I was trying to make in the article is not only have I sort of grown more comfortable or become more of a, uh, more likely to ask questions about these various traditions within the overall Christian umbrella, is I've encouraged to see that among my students. You know, my Mm. my students this past summer who I took really impressed me in that regard. Um, A lot of them have a similar background to what I had not all, but I think they were even quicker to, uh, listen to, to seek for the reasons behind those traditions rather than reacting immediately to. Mm. So I I really appreciate their investigative, uh, curiosity there and their openness without being empty headed about it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Josh, um, The Peace Protestants in Rome, it's really a fascinating read, but uh, as you speak to us right now, uh, you're a professor at King's College in New York City. I I lived in New York City a long time ago throughout the 1980s. At the time, it was not necessarily a hotbed of Christianity, but you yourself teaching at a college that uh, professes Jesus Christ to young people who are coming in— and uh, what's that like? I mean, certainly uh, Rome is one thing to uh, not feel at home as a believer, especially as a Protestant. But uh, New York City, does it have the same kind of feel?
15: It can. It certainly does. It kind of depends on the day. Um, I've been <laughs> in New York City for 11 or 12 years, and I just finished my third year at the college. So I had a bit of background living in New York before I started. But I think that's that's one of the key um attractions of the King's College in particular is that um, it's un- unapologetically immersed in the city, uh, but not of the city. And you'll know what I mean by that distinction. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it more exciting, um, in my opinion, to live in a place where your um, worldview is in the minority, I think, and and you're reminded of that constantly, and you don't have to live in New York to experience that, but as you suggest, yes, it can be more intense in the city of New York, but I love the place. Um, I love the college. It's been a pleasure to teach there recently.
2: Fabulous. Wonderful. Well, we're happy to have you today, Josh.
15: Thanks so much. Appreciate the invitation.
1: Our pleasure. Dr. Joshua Kinlaw, Assistant Professor of History and Humanities at the King's College. A wonderful piece we talked about, Protestants in Rome. It's at First Things, which is also a publication, highly recommended. Take a break, come back. Uh, We're going to talk about some local news um, and uh, the retail apocalypse. Well, that continues on. Um, It's going to hit Pittsburgh very well soon.
10: Traveling internationally may not have been a priority for you in recent weeks. But as our country and others around the world start to reopen, we're confident it will be safe to travel to the Holy Land this December. Israel has already reopened to the public, while maintaining safe social distancing. In fact, an independent organization recently rated Israel as the number one country on its COVID-19 safety ranking. There is no better time than now to sign up to join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell from MyPillow on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. Visit sebgorka.com and click the Israel banner to register. Seize the moment to celebrate life, freedom, and your faith by signing up to visit the inspiring Holy Land. Here's the best part if for any reason you can't go, cancel without a penalty between now and August 14th. Reserve your spot today and travel to Israel this December with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell. Visit sebgorka.com and click the Israel banner.
11: We call them small businesses. But maybe we need a better name. Because it's these businesses that are powering America right now. A lot of them had to shut their doors. But many of them are still open on eBay, getting people the things they need. And in return, getting the business they need to keep going. Our small businesses are getting it done. Keeping you and themselves thriving. And that's no small thing. eBay, where America's small businesses live.
0: Connecting you with new customers. As
10: the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is the central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place. A film about Corey ten Boom and her family's heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II. And about her secret army of teenagers. Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com. And save 20% with promo code Pittsburgh. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com. Promo code Pittsburgh.
7: I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me.
10: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
7: Ask Alexa to play the word
3: Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart. Tune in and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
12: Partial clouds for tonight, low for the rest of your Wednesday, 60. Humid Thursday with clouds and some sun. Watch for a shower or thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. High tomorrow, 81. Tomorrow night, an evening shower or thunderstorm. Otherwise, clouds low, 61. And for Friday, clouds and sun with a shower or thunderstorm. High, 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. (music)
1: Cinemark, the third largest movie theater chain in America, will roll out reopenings in the Pittsburgh area and nationwide beginning July 3rd. Cinemark Robinson Township, Cinemark North Hills and McCandless will open their doors first with COVID-19 safety measures in place. I'm reading an article from uh, today's PG. Uh, Sharon Eberson wrote this. Guests are encouraged to wear facial masks in all common areas, such as lobbies, hallways, restrooms, restaurants, lounges, game rooms, and concession stands. Costume masks that cover more than the nose and mouth are not allowed. The second week of reopening includes Cinemark theaters in Manacca, Monroeville, and Erie. There's a full list of uh, openings. The theaters will open with comeback classics, such as The Matrix and Mad Max Fury Road. Hey,
2: I just watched The Matrix this week. Did you? I sure did.
1: First run Big Name releases summer 2020 begin July 10th with Russell Crowe in Unhinged. Disney's Mulan on July 24th -hmm. and Christopher Nolan's tenant on July. That
2: looks so good. Have you seen the trailer for that? Oh my gosh. It looks awesome.
1: That's the big summer blockbuster right there. It looks Uh really, really good. I'm in no hurry to go to the theater. Are you?
2: You're, you're Mr. Theater.
1: Yeah. I'm not going. Yeah. I'm content in my living room. I really am. I'm sorry. Uh, You know, you want to support businesses as they reopen, but I'm just not going to go to the theater. I'm not. It's going to be a while. Okay. You going?
2: No, but I didn't go before, so they're not missing. Oh, they're right, not right. counting me as yeah. a loss.
1: No, I am just I'm a little I'm still uneasy. I'm not going out there. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. Okay. Okay. So theaters opening, stores are closing. Uh, J.C. Penney is set to close um, a lot of stores nationwide. Oh, that's
2: too bad, isn't it? Gosh. Yeah.
1: Which include uh, I think a couple here in uh, the city of Pittsburgh, the Monroeville store as well,
2: and Pittsburgh uh, Mills.
1: And Pittsburgh Mills, which, of course, the Pittsburgh Mills, I can't believe they're, they're even open.
13: Yeah.
1: Um, J.C. Penny was essentially, I mean, you can point the finger at a lot of things about the retail apocalypse. But um, a gentleman whose name escapes me right now was once a higher up executive in the Apple Corporation. And for whatever reason, those who were in charge of J.C. Penney retail, I think this was about five years ago, mm-hmm. hired this man. And he had no retail experience. He came in and reconfigured j c. Penny and in short order essentially just wrecked the organization i mean I mean, just wrecked it um, for us as a family growing up j c Penny was kind of like our go to place was it yeah they you know they sold just about everything you know they sold appliances, they sold you name it, it was all kind of a j c penny so the, I think my parents had one credit card, and that was the credit card that they mm-hmm. would use occasionally yeah. I'm sorry to well, see them go.
2: I am. I'm sorry too. I got a uh, J.C. Penny has great sales. They always have had good sales. I always, so I, I always, you know, would go in and out. Yeah. I mean, would you buy at the mall. I'm not at the mall very often. I don't really like. You know, I I shop kind of because I have to, not because I like it. What would I buy at J.C. Penny? I mean, yeah. I have bought jewelry there as gifts. Really, jewelry. I bought yeah. I bought shoes there. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought. Purses there, belts. I
1: remember on my first apartment, I bought towels. Towels.
2: I bought towels there too. That was a good
1: place for, you know, oh, I'm going to buy, you you buy bedding. I
2: think mm -hmm. I bought a lamp there one time, bedding. JCPenney about maybe 20 years ago had a really excellent custom decorating department. I remember this. Um, yeah, they had they they did really uh, a lot of work in window treatments in particular there, and that's something that you know had just completely collapsed mm-hmm. as the internet expanded and as people decided that they didn't need interior designers anymore. Um, all those people lost their jobs, but that was a that was a you know big part of the store.
1: Seriously, I mean, with no end in sight. I don't know how retail America is going to survive this. I really don't. Re-
2: yeah, it's really. It'll be interesting to see how people are coming back. I there's another store that I regularly go to at the mall. Um, I won't, you know, say their name. Um, but I got an email yesterday saying, "Hey, we're open, um, but we're also happy to bring your stuff to your car." So you can actually call into the store, say, "I saw these items online." Give them their credit card, and then they're going to bring your stuff out to your car. Right.
1: But, you know, like there are some things like, okay, we just, like when you go shopping for for towels or bedding, you need, it needs that tactile experience, yeah, right? You need to, feel, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You need to right. feel the texture, the, you know, all that different thing. Right. So that thing of buying it online and some guy brings it out to your trunk, uh, that doesn't work either.
11: Well, you're
2: just crabby. You don't want to go to the uh, theater and you're also not going to go, you know, buy oh, your towels online.
1: No, I'm staying Mike, home. it's
2: rough when he gets this way, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is.
1: It's really, really hard I'm sorry to yourself I, I out of it if I'm crabby look th- w- that guess we had on earlier about you know yeah. the, the happiness in America yeah maybe I'm part of that
2: right? I think you are
1: all right sorry I, I think- have been to chick-fil-a which is the drive-in oh, uh, still okay. fabulous so the southwestern salad or whatever that thing yeah, is. yeah I've I mean, never had that I still oh, haven't oh, Highly recommended. That yeah, little spicy I really thing like going. that
2: market salad. I like the berries in there and mm-hmm. that little granola, Mike. Mm-hmm. You know that little granola you put in that market oh. salad? I love that stuff, man. Yes. Stuff's so good. Okay,
1: so t- take a little trip, Cap. Stop off at JCPenney. <laughs> check out the sales because they're all closing. They're yeah. well, not all closing. They're not mm-hmm. all closing. Sorry. I'm sorry. Now, the uh, one at
2: Ross Park Mall isn't closing.
1: Right. Stop off and uh, buy yourself some stuff at Giant Eagle and uh, go home.
2: Okay, Oh yeah, well, a not, night out for us. I'm not going to. I'm having BLTs for dinner. I'm all. Right. I'm all used up. I
1: was thinking about this when we were growing up. Okay, this is like a, when we were growing up. A big Friday night for us, yeah, in Swissvale, yeah, was to go to the GC Murphys. Wow, and walk across town and go to the WT Grant.
2: That is something. Oh, WT Grant me? was like. Dow wow. Kempers or David Weiss, right?
1: Dal Kempers, David. No, no, no. It was it was G. C. Murphy. Was it? Oh,
2: yeah. It was, yeah, just it was another the same
1: kind of thing. thing. It was a five and dime, you know. Yeah, that was a big Friday night, and then of course, when the mall wow. finally opened, you'd think we're going to the mall. I we mean, are this- going to the mall, and then the massive humanity was at right. the mall, and everybody was dressed and looking cool. Listen, right?
2: watching you. You have got to watch Stranger Things season three. I mean, really? Mike, is that is not the, the case? It, the whole thing takes place at the mall because oh. that was such an enormous thing at the oh time. My oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. It was epic. All right. We need to step away. When we come back, we're going to talk about nuance in America. In our cultural conversation, have we lost the ability to see both sides? Yes, we That's next on today's ride home.
4: WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Ever have any problems? Oh, you do? Congratulations. Because you see, a problem really is an opportunity. In Disguise, God wants you to see your problems as potentialities.
10: Be sure to join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, Turning Problems into Possibilities, this month on Love Worth Finding.
4: Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. This is good news,
9: maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance. And MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by June 30th. You can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch, like more than 400,000 people already have, and start saving. Here it is call 844 57 Bible. That's 844 57 Bible. 844 57 Bible.
11: Got milk? We sure do. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And boy, do we have milk. That 130-cow herd of ours just keeps on producing. They don't give one hoot about a world health pandemic going on. Come on out to the Spring House in Washington County, Pennsylvania, for farm-fresh milk that we pasteurize, homogenize, and bottle right here at the Spring House when my brother Sam brings it over the hill from the milking barn. We share a lot about our homemade meals and baked goods, but cows are the heart and soul of our dairy farm and country store. To say thank you for your unwavering support during these uncertain times and to lend a helping hand to our customers, we are offering all three kinds of white milk at a huge discount, two ninety five a gallon, as long as we can keep up. Our family is so blessed by so many folks stopping by and thanking us for being open, and we are blessed to be open. Let us share a little bit of our farm with you, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. It's an unwritten rule of
14: motherhood to put family before yourself. While very noble, it can also be counterproductive. This is Dr. Corin Garchak, the female half of the husband and wife team at Tranquility Specific Chiropractic. As a mother of two, let me encourage you, mom, not to ignore those aches and pains you've been feeling. Your family needs you at your best. We're here to help you meet the challenge. Tranquility Specific Chiropractic, 412-833-1314.
2: In our four o'clock hour today, we talked about the term Black Lives Matter. We didn't talk about the organization, we just talked about the idea of Black Lives Matter. Um, and then we talked about uh, the happiness quotient in America being at an all time low. And both of our guests, uh, Roger Olson and Ryan Burge, were just talking about the idea that we as white people in America need to, I don't know, open up our eyes, be sensitive, be aware of what's going on um, and to see that things are not always red and blue in orientation. It's not always straight Republican, straight Democrat that we can actually, you know, kind of cross the aisle. We can see that we have commonalities with people of uh, different viewpoints of different economic um, situations, people who look at the world differently. I brought up the fact that I've been involved in the pro-life movement since I was, 20 years old. And one of the things I realized early on is that I could partner with people who believed as I did, uh, in that issue for pro-life purposes. And I didn't have to agree with them on every, on anything. There were people who were pro-life who had no religious affiliation whatsoever. There were people who were pro-life who, 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 You know, went to different churches than I did or, you know, didn't really like church or whatever it was, but we could partner because on that one thing we were united. And so I came out and said, I think that it's similar when it comes to. Black Lives Matter or racial equality in America. I think, you know, I don't have to agree with everybody, uh, someone theologically that I'm going to march next to. I don't have to be from the same political party as them. I don't have to see everything the same way. But on this one issue, we can be united. And I think that that's important. Well, we had a listener who said, um, I'm looking for the actual response, John. Anyway, it was a listener who said, well, I guess I'm going to have to find another radio program to listen to if you're going to push the Democrats' agenda.
1: We're not pushing the Democrats agenda here. What, what the problem is that I believe since the rise of social media, right? And again, we can point our finger at this, but there is something that's very real that is significant that's happened to America in the last decade. And I think you've got to look at that and go, yeah, now everyone has this in their hands, mm-hmm. right? And this echo chamber, of course, that everyone's involved with that it is, it is the strychnine. That has infected us all. We are all eating poison and we have damaged ourselves, our country, and most importantly, our walk with Jesus has been maybe, for some people, irreparably altered and will harm them through eternity because they have grasped so tightly to the God of politics in this country. You do yourself and those you love a great disservice. That's right. Christ is on the throne here. Christ knows the end of the story. Our goal, our aim should be to be faithful to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. To yeah. Jesus, not to someone in Washington, D.C., or someone in City Hall downtown. We do ourselves a great disservice. It's Jesus first. Jesus only in many instances, right? Jesus yes. only. Everything else, poof, it's a trifle. It's secondary. Yeah. If you live your life like that, then this red blue thing, it'll take care of itself. Mm -hmm. Not to say that you should not be informed and not to show that you should work for your perspective with Jesus first and foremost.
2: It was probably 30, I don't know, 30 or 40 years ago when Alexander Solzhenitsyn um, wrote these famous lines. It is so applicable today, John, that the line between good and evil does not run between nations or between political parties, it runs right down the center of every human heart. So you can't look at the other political party and say, you guys are evil over there because the problem is we are evil in here. And so we're gonna pollute whatever party we join, whatever church we join, whatever anything we join because all of us brings our own junk with us. And I am so weary i am so weary of responding to irate emailers or listeners or whatever or looking at twitter comments or watching comments show up on the new york times or the post gazette people who are just incensed all the time at those people out there the evil that's out there in them i think you know what I, I really believe that's the reason why we are so profoundly dissatisfied right now in America is because we haven't come to grips with the fact that the dark, ugly stuff is in us and in our group, in our church, and in our party. Right.
1: How can we walk around with everyone being the enemy?
2: We I live in this incredible rich country, country. I know.
1: This incredibly beautiful country, and we are blind to where God has placed us in this century, in 2020, yep. we in this country live better than most people that have ever walked this earth. Mm-hmm. And yep. at the same time, people are shaking their fists and looking askance at each other.
2: I mean, willing to just rip into people right. for what? Right. And if someone looks at you and says, I feel like you don't think I matter. The only appropriate response is you do matter. I'm sorry. That's the only appropriate humane response. So let's not get caught up in what the organization is called. What does black, like you don't have to support the organization. Black lives matter. You can that's a, a thing for you to determine on your own or us to talk about on another day. But if someone looks at you and says, I feel like you don't think I matter. You got to do some self-assessment. And say, or, you do matter, and I'm sorry that you feel that way.
1: Or some people kind of go, well, you know, that really doesn't affect me. Uh, you know, your life. Uh,
2: okay, well, then, well, then well, you okay, okay, so, so the point, okay, so the point is, is that, that that person who's telling you that actually doesn't matter. To they don't you. matter. Right. right. So then that Which means, makes the point. So how, how about some more self assessment there? I just, I, I don't know. I don't
1: know. Again, though, because it's a freak show that every minute of every day, someone's, you know, producing something that. What? That we either agree with or we don't agree with. We have to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And how do you stay informed with this mountain of activity that comes out? Right. The human mind is not formed to do right. this. I and mean, we're on a hair trigger and there's so much stuff that's going on all the time. We're, everyone's supposed to be involved. You're supposed to have an opinion about everything. You're supposed to be invested in this spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. Right.
2: It's not going to happen. No. No, right? it's not going to happen. And whoever your favorite pundit is or talk show host or whatever, who acts like they have everything figured out and they have a perfect opinion and a perfect point of view on whatever it is, I, they're making it up. I'm telling you. Or if they actually think that they have a perfectly formed opinion on every issue, he they're the last person you want to follow. Trust me, because there is a heck of a lot of gray in the world. Amen to
1: that. Listen, I, I believe this with all my heart. That Jesus is the only true thing that Amen. really matters. And the way that we draw closer to Jesus and to each other, your husband, your wife, your children, your neighbor, the stranger in the street is that we need to surrender our ego, our fear, our anger, and we need to get on our knees and we need to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. We need to pray without ceasing. That's the only way that, that our eternal souls will be saved, let alone the country and let alone the world. So (laughs) I think you have to hit the reset button. If you're walking around perpetually outraged, upset, pointing the finger, or if you're clinging to your politics so tightly that your veins are popping, it's time to make an adjustment and surrender all of that to the Lord on the cross at Calvary and come back home again. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stick around, won't you please? It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM.
5: I did this weird thing as a kid. I would fall asleep with my blanket completely over my head, with only my mouth and nose poking out the side. I guess I liked the protection that the blanket offered while still being a fan of breathing. I think a lot of us are feeling that way today, juggling how to handle the protection that our homes give us with the desire to get out and breathe a little bit. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we don't have the end answer on how to best handle our current world, but we are pretty good at mortgages. If you're thinking of getting out and making that new home purchase you've been dreaming about, our company's direct lender advantage can often get you a lower rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Or if you decide to hunker down at home a bit longer, and want to use that time and some of your home equity to do some sweet home upgrades? Our direct lender advantages may help with that too. We our united faith mortgage
11: we pay your appraisal fees up to five hundred dollars
5: united mortgage court melville new york mls number 1330 department of banking mortgage lender license number 22672
10: seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult even scary but they don't have to control or define you the counselors of the grace wellness center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com.
2: Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or
14: independent care may not be necessary. XL Home Care can provide a warm, family-like environment with an Excel caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones
13: you love. To learn more, call 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. XL Home Care, a help-at-home company
10: Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing Heating and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com.
12: With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation,
10: chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, You can count on
1: Napa know-how. Hundreds of ministries have discovered the success of a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform on the web. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our
12: current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact.
0: And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through OnePlace are now faithful ministry
1: supporters. Introduce your ministry to our audience. Visit us at OnePlaceRadio.com.
2: Since the COVID-19 pandemic took over our era, we've been reading scripture publicly. We're trying to do it every day. Sometimes it doesn't work with uh, what's happening on our program, but we try to make it a priority. And today we're going to be reading from James chapter 5. I'll tell you ahead of time that this is a challenging passage. I read it yesterday, and it really kind of hit me in the gut. Um, So we're going to read it today. This is the first nine verses. John, why don't you start? All
1: right. James 5, 1 through 9. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth is rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days.
2: Look, The wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you.
1: Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near.
2: Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door.
1: Well, that's certainly convicting, isn't it? James 5, 1 through 9. Wow. And now again, I, I, I pray that you don't find red state blue state in that
2: no no of course oh my gosh red state blue state people no, will do it's that re- calf it's re- but it's it's repent now the kingdom of god is at hand the judge is at the door
1: yeah the judge is at the door anyway that's our show today
2: yeah thanks for being with us
1: we do we really appreciate your time here um
2: these are we difficult times yeah
1: it is difficult and it's hard to be alive to navigate through this but again, as believers in Christ, we have the greatest gift of all at mm. our fingertips. Yeah. So why don't we indulge ourselves in yes. that? Why don't we take advantage of this incredible gift that is given to us? A lot of people in this world don't know it, and they've missed it. But we've got it. It's a wonderful gift. Jesus in our Share lives. Share it. Mm-hmm. Have a great night.
0: We'll see you tomorrow. God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.